Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for April 18th, 2021, the third Sunday of Easter. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you today? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm in a dour mood because of uh, all the players that my NHL team, uh, my favorite NHL team are trading away. But that is beside the point. Who cares? Let's talk. Uh, <laughs> Let's leave that in the things. past. Let's talk things that matter. I mean, I mean, I have all the, the sun rest... is out. Who needs the thing about right. ice? I have all the rest of this year and maybe next year since we're trading away our future. It's fine. Let's talk about something happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness it's not Good Friday this week. <laughs> right, right. This is just the worst. Um, so, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so that's where I'm at personally. I know a bunch of people care, um, but uh, let's so let's let's instead uh, plug things that are going on uh, at the church. As I think I say it every week, uh, and it's true every week. Uh, I, I recommend that people go to our website to see what all is going on. HFEC.org or HolyFamilyFishers.org uh, to see everything going on. Any items that you want to highlight, Bruce? The um, children's and teenagers ministries have gone hybrid. So if you, you or your child, if you're a child listening to this, it may just be yourself, would like to meet in person, that's happening. And uh, if you'd like to experience those things from home, the online element is happening live. You can see it, how that takes place via the website information. And of course, the live worship is the highlight still. That uh, 8 and 10 o'clock service is on Sunday in person, socially distanced, mask required, uh, hand washing encouraged. Mm -hmm. It's all good. Yeah, uh, the 10 o'clock, still to to plug that. uh, Again, 10 o'clock is also a hybrid model model while we're talking about it. Uh, In uh, in person, masks on, socially distant, windows open, uh, uh, but also available online. And one quick direction to anybody who wasn't able to find uh, the the live broadcast feed uh, from last Sunday's service. Uh, long story short, I, I've encountered some sort of glitch with YouTube where it's not showing up on our uploads page, uh, but it is showing up under our full services playlist, or at least it seems to be, and it also is showing up on your subscriptions uh, feed. If you've subscribed to our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos, uh, it'll appear in your subscriptions feed uh, when a, a an item goes live or a live broadcast finish, it'll be uh, filtered up towards the top. So if you're not subscribed, uh, please do so. That's the, the easiest way for me to confirm that you have access to uh, the, the broadcast and uh, will help negate whatever weird errors going on with YouTube, uh, who provides no help whatsoever on, on, on this particular issue. But, uh, Hey, you know, it's free. We're, I was going to say, we're getting what we paid for. Getting what we paid for. It's a non-monetized uh, channel. And so therefore it costs us nothing and garners us no, uh, no income either. So right, right where I expect them to be. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> So uh, let's move on to our person of the day. Uh, And I will tell you right now, Bruce, I do not anticipate you 
to know who this is necessarily. Um, but I will throw the name out uh, with a brief pause to see if it does trigger some sort of uh, verbal response. <laughs> <laughs> okay. David Pendleton Oak Hater. Oaker Hater. Oaker Hater. O A K E R H A T E R. David Pendleton Oaker Hater. Was he the first Native American priest ordained in the Episcopal Church or maybe deacon? Oh my goodness. Okay. I you you uh, I didn't expect you to know who this is. But ding, ding 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 ding. I uh, finally got one. <laughs> I, I don't know if he is the first, but you're clearly hitting on the right person. It's clearly triggering uh knowledge. Um because it doesn't say that he was the first uh uh, uh American Indian uh to be ordained as a deacon. He was ordained as a deacon in 1881. His uh, claim to fame in this list here is he is the only American Indian listed in the Episcopal calendar of the church here. The single and only one. Well, that's kind of a catch-22 of praise. Yeah. His claim to fame is you're reading him on this calendar, and this is the only Native American on that calendar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I think he, there's more to him than just this. No, absolutely. Uh, uh, there, there is absolutely um, more uh, to his story. There's actually a, an interesting aspect to it. But as far as the reason why he is on our our calendar, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, or at least the way it's typed, uh, right? Seems to poorly edited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was ordained in, in, in on June seventh, eighteen eighty one, as a deacon, and spent the rest of his life as a missionary to the Cheyenne Nation of Oklahoma. So, mm-hmm. I mean, clearly credit where credit is due. He did good work and deserves to be on uh, on the list of of acknowledgeable people. Um, but yeah, it's kind of strange that the his claim to fame is that he's the only. Uh, American Indian listed on the Episcopal calendar. That's the first thing they mentioned. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> and and one of the reasons why I I chose him was uh, first he he potentially has a very interesting story that would be worth further reading. Uh, uh, and and that story here is is fairly short and sweet. And so I'd, I'd be curious to know what the writings are out there about him. Okater, whose name means making medicine. So Okerhater. Uh, it means making medicine, despite the word hater <laughs> being in there, uh, not English, uh, not, not right. an English name, was imprisoned in Florida for his alleged role in the Battle of Adobe Walls in 1874. He was befriended by Ohio Senator George Pendleton and his wife, who arranged for his education in Syracuse, New York. And then the bits about him being ordained and a missionary. And that is the whole of his entry. So it, I, really? I'd, yeah, I'd be, oh. I'd be very interested in the center part of the story. It doesn't yeah. go into great detail, but the other reason why I chose to highlight him today is, uh, simply because it, it, it kind of helps, uh, uh, pull into focus the story that in the Episcopal church, not always are we great at, uh, um, uh, being um, more in- inclusive and highlighting uh, people who aren't uh, of, you know, a, a single uh, group, uh, not that we're monolithic, but... Uh, uh, but European descent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sometimes we're not 
we're not that great at certain things. And this is one of the things that we're not, we don't have a great yeah. track record with. Uh, uh, so the fact that we have only one American Indian uh, listed on our calendar is kind of a knock. <laughs> yeah, it is. Cause one of the things we can really take some, um, I hate to use the word pride, but I will some pride in is that I think we were with the possible exception of the Quakers, we were the most respectful and compassionate group of missionaries among the North American Christians, um, mm. both on the in the West, East, and the East and the Midwest too. So, part of our wonderful legacy was that we did not send missionaries out with the cavalry. Instead, we sent missionaries out one by one to the t home lands of the Indians. The missionaries were expected to live at least a year in a village before mentioning Jesus mm -hmm. and become part of the village, um, learn and be able to preach in the native language before they started to say a word about Christianity. So we have a long history of successful, compassionate sharing of the gospel with all sorts of wonderful people rising to leadership through that. And Okerhater was, is, you know, unfortunately the one who's unfortunate in how few are remembered. He did fantastic mm -hmm. work in Oklahoma. And yet there were also people like him in the Dakotas and Minnesota and Florida, on and on and on. Um, so that we actually have quite a few um, people who through our history and today are in substantial layers of leadership and effectiveness in the Episcopal Church. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, an indication that uh, um, better work can be done, uh, uh, I, I suppose. Uh, and that, uh, you know, just to keep us grounded, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, and the, the, the reassuring part is the on-the-ground work has continued to take place. Mm -hmm. We still have very active, uh, primarily Indian congregations in on reservations all over the country. Right. Um, and that's more important than someone rising up to be a bishop or something. But now we sure. increasingly have bishops who are... Indians, and I bet after they pass, they will be in the they'll be added in book of saints. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, a an indication of a, a good direction that we're going. But like yeah. I said, I, the the reason I wanted to pick it was uh, it's, it's it's good to have a reminder of oh definitely of uh, of our own shortcomings. It's very easy to think uh, 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 of ourselves and how great we are. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's a. Uh, uh, we still have a ways, ways, ways to go. Yeah, absolutely, and and always, always. Yeah, uh, we should always, always feel as, as though we have uh, more or better work that can be that we can have done. So, uh, so uh, uh, our hats off to David Pendleton Okerhater. Uh, Definitely. Um, uh, as... so I, yeah, I somewhere have an icon. I'm looking around my home office. I don't see it at the moment, but yeah, I have an icon of him that someone painted or hmm. wrote you're supposed to say about icons that's absolutely beautiful so I've, I've done through my long and varied ordained life i've done quite a bit of ministry with um american indians so 
That's one reason I was gifted with that icon. But now I don't see it on the wall. I'll have to dig it out. Very good. It might Very. be at the church. That, that's entirely possible. Uh, there's yeah. there's quite a quite a bit of stuff in your office at the church as well. So. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> some 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 of which is not uh, uh, religious iconography or <laughs> or important books, and some some is like dead electronics. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, big bottles of hand sanitizer and masks and gloves. <laughs> Uh, uh, you truly do welcome all. Um, <laughs> well, let's move on to our first reading today. Our first reading appears uh, from Acts chapter 3, verses 12 through 19. When Peter saw it, he addressed the people, You Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we had made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him. But you rejected the Holy and Righteous One and asked to have a murderer given to you, and you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses, and by faith in his name, his name itself has made this man strong whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out. So, I think we had mentioned it last week. Um, the author of Luke is also the author of Acts. Is right. That, do I have that right? So, um, um, and we kind of get hints as to the context of this reading. It appears as though the implication is Peter is are, are addressing people who questioned uh, some sort of miracle where a lame uh, uh, individual was made to walk again. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what okay. takes place just before this. And then they go, I, I'm assuming, by what power uh, and authority have you, something like that? Uh, yeah, have you... and, he, and he's teaching in the temple in Jerusalem mm. after, after the resurrection. So, yeah, he's he's on the, the biggest stage. Did the miracle take place at the temple? Yeah. Okay, okay. So this is essentially like, Miracle takes place at the temple. It's done. He gets questioned. He walks up to the front and then dresses the crowd as, as part of the teaching. Yeah. I mean, technically okay. it was on the steps, so to speak. But yeah, it was right okay. there. Okay. Very cool. Um, and and uh, we'll notice, I think, or at least I noticed, uh, kind of a tonal shift midway through the reading. Like at first... Um, as you're kind of reading along, you're kind of like, uh, um, you might be inclined to think like, uh Oh, I know where this is going. Chastisement. And how dare you, you killed the Messiah. You, <laughs> you're part of the, you're part of the problem. You helped hand him over to Pilate. Pilate was trying to get, you know, trying to release him. And you, you decided there's like a lot of, uh, finger wagging at the uh, uh, feeling at the beginning part of the reading. And then it shifts in verse 17. Then it says, then, then it says, I know you acted in ignorance as did your rulers. It's, you know, it's, I'm not here to 
um, lay blame at your feet. Uh, uh, this was all supposed to happen and um, is part of the process by which you are going to, you receive grace. Uh, so that's the authority that I, that, that this man was healed, not through mine, but through God's and all of this was part of the plan. Um, what do you see when you read this, uh, this passage? Well, part of it is, I think to one of Peter's, um, most recent appearances in the Luke Acts narrative, and that's when he was denying Jesus mm. at, during Jesus's trial. Um, and so I think part of the reason that Peter cannot throw a stone is he's in a glass house. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't, he didn't go as far as a Judas act, but as Jesus was um, undergoing questioning, and very soon torture, Peter was outside war warming himself by fire and various people say, hey, you're a follower of Jesus. And Peter three times says no, including with a curse, which is a huge deal that it would it would have meant that he dropped an F-bomb. But instead <laughs> that he was calling upon himself divine punishment if he was lying, which he was. He was, he was lying. So. If he, so I'm picturing if Peter came down too hard on the crowd around him, someone could easily say, but we heard you deny him <laughs> right. when you had a chance to stand up for him. <laughs> so that's part of what's, that's part of the context here. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So this is also, yeah. He, so, so essentially this is him kind of also putting himself on, on their same level. This is him saying, yeah. like, look, I'm not better than you. Please don't misunderstand the situation. This is not I, this is not my own authority that I'm doing this. I am no different than and, and anybody who turned Jesus over to uh, to the authorities or asked for his crucifixion. I, I've I've also fallen short and am not to be elevated or praised in this moment or anywhere further on down the line. Um, this is, this is kind of his, his uh, solemn confession to the crowd. Interesting. Yeah. And of course, one of the things to always keep in mind that isn't obvious perhaps is Peter is speaking to people who are of the same religion that it, this was still very early days after the resurrection. And so the followers of Jesus were still all Jewish and still going to the temple to worship with all the other people who are Jewish. And so it, it wasn't a us and them at, at, at all at this point. Hmm. That, that would only come with some, with the rise, frankly, of anti-Semitism um, about a hundred, yeah, roughly a hundred years later. Gotcha. Gotcha. What, what else is going, I feel like there's more going on in this story than what I'm picking up on. What else is, what else is going on? Anything? Well, another piece of it that um, that Peter's trying to emphasize is in verse 13, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors. That's a traditional Jewish blessing. Mm. 
So he is definitely trying to speak the language, he, language, tradition, and spirituality that he shares with the crowd. It, mm. It's part of, in a sense, sort of like what we hear Paul do in, his le, in Paul's letters. Peter here is sharing his bona fides, that he knows this ancient blessing that any faithful Jew should know and use frequently. And... Um, applies it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, that, that might be something the crowd didn't expect exactly, or at least hadn't thought of um, applying that blessing to Jesus, but it's a way of Peter connecting people with the generations, generations of generations of spiritual practices that they all shared together. Hmm. Hmm. There's something else about this that I'm. I don't know. I don't. I, I I'm not entirely sure. I'm going to come up with it, quite frankly, because there's there's something nibbling at the back of my mind, and it's uh -huh. not. And it's not just uh it, it it maybe it's just one of those things that I have to sit with. Uh, so the Bible will do that to us. <laughs> uh, if yeah, if we're if we're uh, if we're reading it right, I suppose right, <clears throat> gnawing away at our consciousness. Um. Anything else you'd like to say about uh, this Acts reading? One last thing. The, the last verse we have today, the Peter saying, Repent therefore and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. W something we haven't talked about for some time is the definition of sin. Mm -hmm. And But in past years, I've really beaten that drum that in the scripture, sin is not wrong action. It's instead insufficient relationship with God. Hmm. So here, Peter's not saying, repent of your sins. He's certainly not referring to the death of Jesus, um, but instead is saying, let go of your preconceptions about who the Messiah was supposed to be so that you can have a renewed relationship with God. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay, maybe, and maybe that was part of it that, that um, he was saying, like, "Hey, look, don't don't worry about this, but you do need to repent." <laughs> well, but it's not repenting, killing Jesus. It's repenting right. from right. the stuff every individual has to repent from of selfishness and um, lack of generosity, lack of sharing of God's love with others. He's talking about more everyday stuff than. A big historic right. event, right, right, yeah, and that maybe, maybe, like I said, maybe that was because of how closely everything was written there. That it was kind of yeah. like, uh, uh, "Hey, you did this. Don't worry about it, though. Uh, you, we, you know, we all act in ignorance. I'm no different than you." And then, but repent, <laughs> like it was. Yeah. So having that understanding of it being um, not specifically tied to the you know turning over and killing of of Jesus that, that he's referring to that, that there's space uh, between those arguments that they're not, uh, they're not all related necessarily to each other, the repenting of what I previously said. So that yeah. makes, that makes some sense. Okay. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. Let's just go ahead and say it was. Uh, <laughs> so let's uh, move to first John uh, chapter three, verse one through seven. And, First John, this is a uh, look at uh, look at us uh, going through aspects of First John. I believe uh, that continues through the Easter um, 
the Easter season here. Uh, so some delving into a, 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 a little red book. I don't. I think we said it last <laughs> week. We don't get we don't get readings from First John very often. I know right. we don't get readings from Second and Third John like ever. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> <clears throat> and except for the maybe the, in the daily offices, so this is kind of nice right. getting getting a chance to go through uh, the, the book kind of almost almost piece by piece. Um, so First John chapter three verse one through seven reads this way: See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we have, what we will be, has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this, when he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is, and all who have hope, who have this hope in him will purify themselves just as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin in, is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one abides in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or know him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. So I guess considering the revelation you shared uh, at the tail end there of our discussion about the Acts reading about uh, sins, um, let's carry that over to this reading. Is this is the reference the same? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's again not a yeah, it's not a specific act that the author of this letter is trying to get at, action, but instead the lack of loving relationship with God and also with fellow Christians. Mhm. Yeah, that makes it interesting, especially like lines like everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Uh sin is lawlessness. Uh that's Yeah. That makes an interesting argument of of yeah the 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 lack of this this relationship the the lack of this pure relationship is chaos <laughs> it's uh <laughs> well yeah and even more importantly um unholiness mm mm-hmm. that's a big thing that that the john tradition has as as one of its crime features is combina- it, it it's hard to explain it in English because they use all the community uses all sorts of Greek terms back well, I say uses it was you know, almost 2,000 years ago that the the goal of a spiritual life is wisdom and holiness rather than obedience to any particular set of laws hmm. um, and in a sense it's very episcopalian that way um, and so here, yeah, John's re- the author of the First John is uh, talking about the lawlessness being part, being the primary feature of unholiness. Huh. Yeah, I mean, um, I suppose uh, it would be fun to play the game of being the contrarian as to uh, what you're talking about here, because. Boy, it sure seems like the way that these sentence structures occur, you know, sin and sins here uh, really sure seems like it's more talking about 
bad acts and uh, uh, human failures against the Ten Commandments and that kind of a thing, right? I mean, you know, um, no one abided in him, in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or knows him. Um, I mean, in him there is no sin, so therefore he's blameless and pure. Like, there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of potential argument that um, the word sin means what the traditional uh, um, common um, understanding of that word is, right? No, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, 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 this is part of the problem of reading reading in English something that was written in Greek and mm -hmm. was written with a vocabulary and a, a worldview that is about the opposite of um, enlightenment, post-enlightenment ways of seeing and talking about the world. Um, that, that the writer presumes that that people, okay, I'm going to sound a little pejorative here, and I apologize in advance, but it's not meant to be insulting. But you, you got a picture, let's say 20 people sitting in a circle and meditating. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of community that John, that the, the com community of the John letters lived in. Mm -hmm. They, and they didn't just sit in a circle and meditate for 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening, like a lot of folks do today. And that's very nice and good. And I do something like that. Instead, it really was, this is our lifestyle. Hmm. And we are intent on rising above everyday life. And the namby-pamby trivial concerns of right action Instead, mm -hmm. our concern is right relationship, which right relationship with God, which is most easily seen in right relationship with fellow humans, hmm. particularly fellow members of our um, Christian community. Huh. I guess and I guess it, it makes um, then some good sense that uh, the way that this ends uh, not that anyone likes to be called little children. Uh, <laughs> oh, unless... that, well, oh, I'm glad you said that. Cause that's that's wonderful. Oh yeah, yeah. That that is giving this community a treasured status okay. within the Judeo Christian tradition. It's it's not the it's not saying you punk kid. <laughs> Although that might be the way that it's uh, it would be uh, taken nowadays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little children, it, like, who are you calling a child? Yeah. I'm a grown man. <laughs> and instead, this is beloved. You are the, the baby that is held to God's chest in full protection and acceptance and uh, validation. Hmm. It's it's all it's it's a huge idealistic view of being a child, um, higher than in other parts of the scripture, admittedly, where children are a step above a sheep in their value. 
instead mm-hmm. here it's yeah if if you're part of this beloved community you are a little child of god and part of that what that means is god's fully responsible for you and will be attentive to you huh. but you have to be willing to give up your own sense of deciding your own destiny of having control over your life and be in that mystical state of being totally in God's embrace. Yeah. Which is still a goal of many Christians and, and should be well, sure. the community around John though, this, this, this was it all. Um, you know, there, there was no buildings and grounds committee. It was, everything was focused on spiritual enlightenment. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm also struck by the way that that last sentence ends. Everyone who does what is right is righteous and ju- just as he is righteous. So essentially it's saying every time you do something, you do what you know is right. What, you know, what, what God says is right. Um, you are just, you are in that moment righteous, as righteous as God. You're doing specifically God's work. Um, not that it carries over forever and ever. Like, it, not, not that it overtakes, um, or that it, that it uh, wipes away um, your lawlessness of sin. But in that moment, that's like, that's, pure God righteousness at, at, at whenever you do what is right. Is that kind of what he's saying or am Somewhat, I missing the mark? But it's, it's even further than that. Uh, um, I just want to make sure I get the right spot. Yeah. The, the, where it says everyone who does what is right is righteous. Just as he is righteous. Those two righteous, uh, I think a better translation would have been, innocent and holy Mm. because we in english it's righteous has just become such a loaded term with all sorts of connotations that's true that's fair and this is really about the returning to being god's little darlings Mm. and being innocent and holy and helpless um and comfortable with that and, and allowing god to embrace us in that Anything else about our first John reading? Um, Anything you want to point out? I do. I do. Uh, the again, the for, for the word that's translated as "little children," um, it really could be translated "little darlings." It's a very emotional term mm. of of affection. Well, we've gotten really cynical in humanity's older age, haven't we? Like, yes. uh, <laughs> even little little darlings almost even sounds worse. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> little darlings, oh, shut up! I hate you so much. <laughs> like that, that would be that would be the automatic reaction, I think, on on most of our part. Like, oh, you're talking down to me. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten so cynical. I think, I think maybe as a, maybe as a, 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 if you, if you were to lump humanity in as a 
as a human being and, and guess like, uh, like how old we were like way back, you know, obviously we're infants, we're children, we're kind of growing up this, I think right now we must be in our, like, uh, our, 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 uh, goth years. Would be my <laughs> guess. You know what I mean? Like that explains everything. That yes, would, I agree. You know what I mean? Like just, yeah. you know, life is pain and nobody understands me. And I'm you hear a lot go, of people just saying, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Humanity as a whole is just shopping at Hot Topic and putting some black eyeliner under uh, on and listening to some speed metal or to some punk rock metal in the background or something. Yeah, and that's 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 us in a nutshell. I'm no one's little darling. Don't call me that. Gross. <laughs> well, and actually, that's a very good example of because I think at least within American culture, it's so strong that that would be our anyone's approach to that phrasing to at least on some level. Well, I'm not anyone's little darling. And that's why we are in a state of sin with God because we're not willing to relax into the arms of God. We're mm -hmm. kicking and screaming the whole time, you know, myself, myself. Yeah. You know the the um with the the analogy, I, th I would suppose that the silver lining would be eventually, eventually, as humanity will grow up and get to the point where we communicate with our parent and go and say, "I don't know how you did it," or you know, yeah. like, now I, now I totally understand. Uh, <laughs> After God has spent centuries saying, "Use your words," <laughs> right, right, right. So, so. Eventually, we'll grow out of this phase and get to the point uh, collectively where we're like, oh, I I was just so awful. I don't know how you dealt with me. <laughs> right. Now I totally understand. Uh, 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 that would be a, that would be an interesting place to find humanity in another well, couple thousand basically years. Basically, that's that's what the community of John was striving for, hmm. for the for their community and for their individual <clears throat> members. Hmm. That they saw that as the primary problem with the human race, and that their role with within God's ministries was to help people let go of that adolescent viewpoint, that self-centered viewpoint, and have a grown-up hug with God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to hug your father? You want to hug yeah. your father? Fine. Oh, <laughs> uh, I could live in this analogy the rest of my life, I think. I think I will. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, and, and the community of John would say, yes, yes, you should. <laughs> I like it. Uh, well, let's move on to then uh, the gospel reading. It's uh, Luke chapter 24, verses 36b to 48. Another uh, resurrection appearance. Yep. Another resurrection appearance. Is this the end of Luke? I guess we'll get to that. The way it ends, uh, I don't have it up right now, if that's the end of Luke. But anyways, let me let, let me read it first, and then we'll, we'll go into what's a, a quick discussion about what's left. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that I uh, see that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. 
And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I have spoken to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. <clears throat> all right, so now that I've read it, maybe not. Maybe that's not the end of Luke. <laughs> You're very It could have been at one point. Um, oh, really? Is this yeah, another one of those there, like early versions of Luke may have ended here kind of a deal? Well, we haven't found other versions, but what many scholars believe is that there, there's all of, it ends with verse 53. So, mm. you know, that's math. Um, five verses left and that uh -huh. those five verses may have been added after the book of Acts became separated. From the Gospel of Luke, oh, okay, because Luke Luke ends with the Ascension and Acts begins with the Ascension. Got it. So, or or it was purposely created to be a bridge to to the Book of Acts in the very original draft. Mm -hmm. But yes, yeah, so essentially, what you just read is the end of the Gospel story, and is ready to head into the Book of Acts to hear what how right. the apostles did with this mission now to the bridge um yeah. so the i'm assuming the they in this story are the disciples yeah okay um that what this comes after the road to emmaus story okay mm -hmm. where jesus appears to non-apostles and is revealed in the breaking of the bread and jesus celebrating the eucharist um, and then those guys, which many people believe at least one of whom was a woman, ran back to Jerusalem to tell the apostles and the apostles said, yeah, and the Lord has, um, also appeared to Simon and they have a conversation about, I mean, it says in one verse, they talk about what was going on and mm -hmm. then verse 36 starts while they were talking about this, Jesus walks in. Hmm. Hmm. And so, all this is taking place on Easter Day. Okay. Okay. So yeah, there. So so all of this within that same twenty-four hour stretch of yeah. uh, of time. Interesting. I guess. I, I guess in a way, I I never really thought about it. I thought, and maybe mentally thinking that uh this was over the period of a couple of days of like oh then a couple of days later there was this story with the, on the road to Emmaus or so this was all resurrection sunday yeah mm. yeah and it's understandable that you that you think that way because it, it's how you can harmonize having four gospels talking about the resurrection in various ways Since each one is so different, um, and yet is still the same, that's that we automatically sort of add them all, all the appearances together, and 
think, you know, that can't happen in one day. So it's got to be some amount of time. Right. And um, in, I believe it's in Acts, is where it says it was 50 days of resurrection appearances. Um, but not all those are far from it. All those are actually recorded in any of the four Gospels. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> well, uh, concerning this story, um, the first part is all about um, essentially um, proof that he is not a ghost. That that I mean, was there like some sort of uh, fascination with ghosts even back then? Um, oh yeah. Uh, okay. Um, because it sure seems like we spend a, not a huge amount of time, but it, 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 there's in numerous accounts, uh, uh, kind of indicating like, uh, uh this isn't an apparition, uh, <laughs> that, uh, uh, focusing on his actual physicality that, he, that you could actually touch him, that he ate something. So therefore obviously not a ghost. Um, um, and, but then, uh, the second half is all about, um, getting the disciples to understand uh, everything that was that was written. And, and I found it interesting that it says, everything written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So the way that that's worded is as though it hasn't yet happened, but wasn't the resurrection like the prophet, the prophecy and... And it like hasn't that just now taken place? What what is still left to be fulfilled? Big part is the whole wide world hearing about these events. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um. Kind of interested. I wonder what if if there's additional meaning behind. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Uh, does that just mean he explained it to them? <laughs> well, no, it, it's somewhat that. And it's a, it also what takes place in the Road to Emmaus story. So you know, it's already appeared once in this chapter, that phrase. Mm -hmm. um, it's more about the inspiration of the Holy Spirit while pondering, meditating, praying over the scriptures mm. and thereby giving all followers of God, a model for how that should take place. Because hmm. part of the thing to keep in mind is, like, just like now, there are people that say there are only certain ways to interpret the scripture. That was true back then, too. And usually those folks <laughs> will also say, and I'm the one who can tell you what that way is. You know, mm -hmm. one person or a handful of people will take control over interpretation so part of what this scripture is talking about is no god can really tell anyone anyone what a scripture means mm -hmm. and you know obviously that's a foundation for the protestant reformation but you know as soon as that started to unfold protestant leaders started to claim no i'm the one who knows what it means <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so yeah, okay, all right. So, so uh, um, the 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 cynic among us might say, well, then this, all of this is uh, an exercise in futility, isn't it? Like, if we can all interpret scriptures, then there is no 
single black and white answer, and therefore, why why bother, right? Right. Um, and then we go back to what John's been talking about today. Mm. That, and this is kind of the well, this is very much the Episcopal structure or not structure. That's too formal. Um, the Episcopal ethos is that, in all probability, if someone interprets scripture a certain way, there should be others that go, yeah, that makes sense. But if they're not, then probably that first person is off and is listening to their own desires and preconceptions rather than to the Holy Spirit. Hmm. That God is, God is not um, ungenerous about giving wisdom and insight and instead would prefer everyone would turn to God and listen to God's insights and proddings about how to interpret scripture. But all too often we fail to do so. Mm -hmm. So we say, well, my Sunday school teacher said this or so-and-so down the street said that, and that sounded good to me. So that's what I'm going to go with. So it's, so in, in other words, that the, it, it's not an, it's not the an answer that you do to uh, arrive. At. There's not a, a a correct answer to arrive at. It's actually the process by which you engage, which is the answer, which is kind of a strange mm -hmm. concept for our logical minds. It'd be like it'd be like having a, a, a Rubik's cube as a puzzle to solve, only that the point of it is to be flipping it around and moving the squares not to arrive at the correct answer of all, all, all one side is white and all one side is blue and all one side, you know what I mean? It'd be like, yeah. no, no, no. The point of this game is to move them around. <laughs> yeah. And because what you've just described is many meditation techniques, mm -hmm. whether it's knitting or using um, prayer beads or whatever it is that breathing, uh, disciplined breathing, that folks you do something repetitive with their body so that their mind calms down hmm. and leaves room for God's voice. Hmm. And so, yeah, spinning a Rubik's Cube actually could be a prayer process. Interesting. And God doesn't care whether or not, no, I, oh, that's too strong a way to put it. God's primary concern is not whether we interpret Luke chapter 24, verse 36 correctly. It's whether or not we open our heart to God. Mm -hmm. And if Luke 24, verse 36 is a path to that, God will utilize it. But if we think that it's we get to figure out what that verse means, then all we're doing is worshiping ourselves. Mm. and our, mm. our own intellect. Which is a very smart thing for us to say. Let's pat ourselves on the back of this <laughs> ever. <laughs> <At> this moment. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think that is a fascinating place to leave it. Uh, yeah. Unless unless you have a, a anything else you'd like to say. Uh, because I, 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 like, uh, I like leaving it there. Um, the only thing I'll challenge. add is that um, if so, anyone noticed how this sounds very similar 
to the reading last week from the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that um, point to how as much as we it would make it more black and white to say the four Gospels were created in an A plus B equals C way, this shows how messy it was. Uh, not messy, but inter interconnected it was mm-hmm. of the creation of the four gospels that this this sounds a lot like uh john's version of how jesus's resurrection was experienced uh, and that if anything that should be reassuring rather than upsetting mm-hmm. that john didn't give us something unique uh from luke right 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 yeah the the the, the fact that they are a, a I like the word messy that you used. Uh, the fact that they're a little messy uh, kind of hints it, literally to what you were t- kind of talking about, the, the, their own individual process and their own interpretation mm-hmm. um, uh, that for the, the, the author of Luke, uh, the focus was this. And for the author of John, uh, well, yeah, that, that might have been there, but I'm more, you know, I was more struck by. Yeah. You know, well, and, this yeah, other and, thing. And John, it's uh, the star of the show, besides the resurrected Jesus, is uh, Doubting Thomas. Mm-hmm. And that that interaction is not look, recorded look, look, in look. Luke. The, the star of the show, I, I, as I, I feel uh, inclined to correct you, is always Jesus. Yes. The best supporting actor in that scene. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, uh, just like that old joke of uh, of of how all, the answer is always Jesus. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that one of like a, a teacher teaching a whole bunch of like six six year olds and uh, is using a squirrel as an example. And uh, no, or, I haven't heard this. Uh, well, I haven't heard it in a long time. Uh, uh, is describing like like leading them to uh, uh, the description of like you know of a squirrel and. The, the child like raises their hand and says like, I know the answer is Jesus, but it sounds an awful lot like a squirrel. Oh yes. 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 <laughs> I've heard that one. <laughs> so the star of the show, as always. Yes. Is Jesus. But Danning Thomas. Yeah. Here's your Academy Award. Um, best supporting. Yes. The best supporting. So, uh, so yeah, with that, uh, I think I'll end this uh-huh. your podcast for April 18th, 2021, the third Sunday of Easter. Uh, as we said at the top uh, of, of the hour, uh, please visit our website, visit our YouTube channel. Feel free to email us at shortcut at hfec.org with uh, any questions or topics that you'd like to discuss, uh, uh, beratements you'd like to send my way, anything you want. Um, uh, uh, we encourage communication of all kinds. And uh, um, until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye.